I was thinking prior to this message up here in my own family, my mother's gone. I was an only child. And they looked at me and stopped, you know. <laughs> they waited 13 years and then they said, man, no more. Anyway, as I look back, I don't have many recollections of my childhood days, but I think I ended up more like my mother than I did my daddy. And that's not to say anything about my daddy bad. I'm just saying I think I took on more of the characteristics of my mother, temperament, mannerisms, personality, than I did my daddy. My daddy had some strong traits I wished I could have copied, but I didn't. My mother had more influence over me than he did. Then I thought about my own family, my three children and Mary Lou, and as I examine my children and look at them and watch them, I honestly believe they're more like Mary Lou than are me. And I'm glad of that because she has some better characteristics to copy than I do. I really believe they're more temperamental, just like her. Not temperamental, but their temperament is more like her. That's the <laughs> a very good expression. They're not temperamental, they're more of a temperament like ours. They're more reserved, they're more quiet, they're more energetic, they're more ambitious, they're more optimistic, they have good traits, and they took after their mother. Although it was a strange thing in my situation, which is a little unusual, my children were around me almost as much as they were around Mary Lou. Normally, in a home, the father is gone most of the day because he has to work and he comes home and he's tired and he doesn't have those hours to spend all day. We're talking about if a mother doesn't work now. And so she has a greater chance to influence the child than the father because he's just not there. But in my case, I was there. And even though I was there, I'm glad my children chose to follow in her footsteps instead of mine. But we both influenced our children, and just so you influenced your children. As to how much, I don't know. I've made this comment before. I read it, and I guess it's true. If you want to know before you get married what kind of wife or husband you're getting, you spend quite a few days with the father and the mother of the bride and groom, and you'll know what you're going to get. I don't know why that's always true, but it just says that many of the characteristics that you and I now have in our life, good or bad, we picked them up from our parents. There's the old slogan, like father, like son. Not necessarily true, but it does present a great truth. The first influence in your life, and probably one of the strongest influences in your life, will be your parents. And of those two, probably the mother will be the stronger. Now, being Mother's Day, 35th chapter is one of the most favorite chapters in the Bible when you want to preach on Mother's Day. Now, with the exception of Adam and Eve in the Bible, everybody else has a mother. So we're talking about something that's common to all of us. But a mother's role since Eve has not changed in any way. Because she gave birth to Cain Abel and she had to take care of him. Primarily, I don't think Adam did. And so the influence of a mother began immediately at the birth of the first children. And I think biologically, because of the birth process, a child is somewhat more attached to a mother than a father following birth. Whether or not you were more influenced by your mother or father, I, I don't know. You'll have to decide that yourself. 
But if so, your mother's personality will be yours. You have more of her traits than you will of anybody else's traits. That's a sobering thought, women. It really is. Of the two people, man and his wife, the mother is going to have more everlasting influence on the child and the father. Whoever that child marries, they'll be marrying you to some degree. They really will. My wife has a great mother, and many of her characteristics are in my wife. And I'm grateful for that. I really am. But she picked them up, and I guess Miss Ricky picked them up from her mother, which died at 98 a couple of weeks ago. That's pretty old. I don't know where my wife will pick up the age from her descendants, but she picked up a good personality and some good character traits. And so this day, you are probably more like your mother than you might want to admit. You hold more of her values than probably you do anybody else's. You hold more of her viewpoints, not completely, but probably more than those of anybody else. I passed by a card store yesterday. Saw a sight to me that was a little bit strange, because all of us pass by Hallmark card stores all the time. And normally when you go into a, a card store, all those doing the shopping are women buying cards. Now, maybe you're a man that sends all kind of birthday and get well and sympathy cards to people. But normally they come from women. But in yesterday, I saw the store was filled with men. And it looked kind of strange, all these men hovering over these cards trying to find one to get to them. But that's good. But that's good. I'm going to check out the aisles on Father's Day and see how many men are crowded around the racks on Father's Day. I never thought to do this. I'm going to try it this week. I mean, this year, my wife will remind me to do it. Just see how... <laughs> she also has a better memory than I got. And uh, just see how many men buy cards for their fathers. And if they don't, why don't they? Is it because they think more of mom? Or rather, it's because mom has had a greater influence in their life than they want to admit. Be interesting. Maybe you'll watch with me for this. Now, in a sense, Adam said, through God, Eve was made. And Eve could say, and through me, by God, children are made. Adam, after Eve was made, was finished. But Eve says, through God, we are still producing offspring. All right? The creation process stopped as far as old Adam went, but it just continues on through Eve, so to speak. It was very bad timing, in my opinion, yesterday to, to, of all times to pick up the newspaper. Now, I don't know what paper you read, but the headlines are the one that we take. Just the hours before Mother's Day is the saying, says bonds up in vicious abuse case and here you have the mother and here you have the father. Read just a little bit of this, probably you've already read it. A judge Friday increased the bonds of a husband and wife accused in what police describe as one of the most vicious cases of child abuse I've ever seen. The imprisonment of a seven-year-old boy kept locked in a bathroom with two dogs. Seven years. Neighbors of the past did not even know of the existence of the child. 
A child so undernourished that he appeared to be three years old instead of seven. Police say he may have been imprisoned for four years. Now, isn't that tragic and sad? Why I say that is, I wonder what that little boy thinks of motherhood. What that little boy thinks about mothers. To me, she is unfit for that title of what the Bible would say, great honor. Will that child ever be able to think anything good about mothers? I don't know. I don't know. Now, without a doubt, had somewhere, somehow, someplace, God entered into the lives of that mom and that dad, that story would have never made the headlines. And that little boy would have had a mama that would have been fantastic, would have been good and loving and concerned and influential. We pray to God that little boy does not take up the personality of his mother and take up the attitude of his mother. For if he does, his life will be tremendously warped and he'll probably end up in the penitentiary because there's no love instilled in that boy. He doesn't even know such thing exists as love. Christ could have made a difference in that family would have made a difference had they truly been born-again Christian people. Now, when searching the Bible for an object to best extol motherhood, I found one in Proverbs 31.10. Now, you've never called a mother this, and it's going to sound like an insult when I say it, but I'm going to read it from the Bible. You never say, my mother is this, but that's what the Bible says, all right? Now, verse 10 the psalmist, I mean, the psalmist in Proverbs says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Somebody jokingly has said, nobody can. They, they just don't exist. Well, the same is true of a man. You know, you, you're not going to find a perfect woman or a perfect man anyway. But where can you find one with the most godlike, most desirable virtues in life? Whenever you find one, that kind of woman's price is far above rubies. And so Paul Solomon then proceeds throughout the remainder of this chapter to chapter to list the qualities of a virtuous wife and a virtuous mother. Then in verse 14, he gives us our object. He says, a mother or a wife is like a merchant ship. Have you ever met anybody call you a merchant ship? <laughs> well, that's not very complimentary, is it? My mother's a merchant ship, you know? <laughs> but you stop and think about his reasoning, and you know that's a pretty good title. A merchant ship. What do you find on a merchant ship? You find a merchant ship normally loaded down with not only what you need, it's loaded down with things that you enjoy. It's loaded down with products and goods that bring blessing to your life. What life would be without merchant ships? Transporting the goods of life from one spot to another. <clears throat> she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food, and that's not all. She brings good things. I'll use that instead of food. She brings her food from afar. Now, a merchant ship carries supplies. 
That's a broad topic. It carries treasures. It carries staple goods. It carries luxuries. It carries necessities. It provides those things you and I need for life to mature and to grow and to be healthy. It has a cargo that you and I enjoy and you and I need and you and I cannot do without. This little boy's mother was an empty cargo ship. How tragic. It was an infested hole, an empty ship. It had nothing to offer. It pulled in the dock empty. But that's not what a mother's supposed to be. She is to be a well-laden cargo ship. Put simply, the mother is to be the provider of good things, provider of nourishing things, the provider that her children needs. Look at verse 31. Talking about a mother again and the wife, she gives her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Her cargo is her works. Her cargo is her gifts. Her cargo is her time. Her cargo is what she does for her children. She is a merchant ship mother. What is her cargo? Real quickly now, look with me as we read through this. What is her cargo? Who dresses you most of the time? Not anymore, but who did dress you most of the time? I can't remember putting too many diapers on my kids. Or putting clothes on their arms, never seen them go in the right holes. <laughs> and uh, it takes a lot of patience to dress again, button them up, and they don't stay still. I have a hard time buttoning my own shirts, you know. I just don't seem to. But she seeketh wool and flax. In other words, she does it the hard way. She takes the wool, she spins it, and she makes the clothes and cuts it out and sews it and so forth. And she closes people. And her husband, too, also. Now things have changed. You go down to Sears now, pennies, and buy some. But I mean, in, in that day, either your mother made it or you went naked. You know? Nobody likes to go naked. So thanks to mommy, you got something to put on your back. And those kids today, I guess, still have clean clothes because daddy don't wash them. Mama washes them. I still don't fold clothes. I just open the drawer and throw them in, you know. <laughs> My kids didn't pick that up, I hope. But anyway, she provides clothes with the family. may seem like a very small matter to tell the children, but it's not. It's not. It's just what makes mothers kind of important, is it not? You run to mama, put a sew button on. You don't run to daddy. He probably couldn't sew it on. Then it goes on, she is like the merchant ships, and she brings food. There you go. Who normally cooks the meals? My mother. Daddy cooked a lot, but my mother cooked the best stuff. I didn't like what daddy cooked. But normally the mother fixes the meals. Now times have changed. Now mother goes, gets a TV dinner, and throws it in the microwave. <laughs> Children sort of miss some of these things that moms used to do. The cookies, they come out of a little old rolled-up package out of the deep freeze. You know, that... that you're missing things today, I guess. She rises also while it's yet night. I didn't get up very often when my children cried at night for a bottle. But my wife always did. Always did. Never failed to do this. I never came in and asked my daddy for a sandwich. I always asked my mama for one. Not that he didn't have the ability or the wisdom to fix one. He just didn't ever get asked. I don't know what that. Why is that? 
He could probably fix one just as good as she could, but I just didn't ask him. She fixed all the meals primarily. She fixed what I like. I like that. She fixed what my daddy liked. But she didn't make me eat what my daddy liked. And I like that. How many mothers would cook two meals, one for a child and one for a husband? My daddy would say, take it or leave it. But my mom, she was special. She would give me something that I wanted. She probably spoiled me there. I grew up to be a meat and potato boy, and my daddy would eat everything. I got spoiled, didn't eat what I should eat. The vegetables, I kind of cull, and that's not good for me. But mothers are like that. They'll kind of give you what you like. She considers the field and buyeth it. Talk about women today working. She worked outside the house. This is, it's unusual now. She was a very smart woman. She considered the field. She saw a good buy and she bought it. She went out and planted herself a vineyard. Just little extras in life. Little extras in life. Now, I think a lot of mothers put a lot of extras in life that we don't think about. The house wouldn't look as neat. You wouldn't have all the things around that you probably have around now that was just up to pop. You wouldn't be that concerned. There are a lot of things that we have because mom goes and gets them, and provides them. Probably your curtains on the wall would be sheets if dad was in charge. They wouldn't be curtains. It's any old thing to hang up over the wall to keep out the vision from the outside. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthen her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. She's a wise shopper. She's a wise shopper. Her candle goeth out not by night. She works late into the night hours, loading down her cargo ship with things for tomorrow. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands to the staff. Again, she makes clothes. She also gives to the poor. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She teaches compassion. She teaches that other kids are important. She teaches invaluable lessons in life. Fathers don't normally teach these. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. She doesn't make excuses why she shouldn't take care of her children in her home. Oh, it's cold. I don't think I'll do anything. For all her household are clothed with scarlet, that is the best that she can provide. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. She makes herself neat. She makes herself where she'll be admired by her children. That's a good trait. Normally, if a mother's neat, a child will be neat. If a mother's sloppy, a child will be sloppy. My mother was neat, but I ended up sloppy. I don't know. I had her out. <laughs> I didn't pick that up after. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. That is, she speaks highly of her children. She has a good word to say about her children to other people. One of the things I think that women do that men don't normally do is compliment. If you bring home a bad record card, my daddy would jump on me. If I brought home a good one, my mama would say something nice. They wouldn't say nothing. Is that just typical of women? I don't know. Men are not too complimentary, but people need compliments. And normally it's mama that gives them. Normally the mother say, don't you look nice? The father just doesn't say anything. Big deal. Yeah, I think only way. But you see the mother starts beginning to do things that begins to draw the child towards mother. She makes fine linen, and she even has a surplus, and she sells it. She helps bring in some extra income. Part-time work. It's unusual in the Bible. There's our girdle. We talked about girdles last year. She delivers girdles to the merchants. That's those cummerbunds, the men wear. She makes things that others will buy. Strength and honor are clothing. Very respectable, very honorable. 
very reserved. She's just a woman. She's a lady. She's a lady. And, and women today, you can teach your boys to be gentlemen. And you can teach your girls to be ladies. You don't have that much anymore. But mom, you can teach that to them. More than dad can. He's not too hung up on that. So you ought to teach that to your children. Because they'll need to treat people that way in life. To have friends, especially the friends of their in-laws and the friends of their husband and wife. She opens her mouth with wisdom. You say, boy, I'd like to find a wife like that. When she opens her mouth, she say something smart. Well, this woman studied to say something wise. Tongue is a long kindness. Normally a man is harsh, rude, sarcastic, and snapping, and gruff, ill-tempered. But the woman can think a lot more than the man. And she rules the tongue with the law of kindness. That's, that's a tremendous asset. It really is. Keeps down bickering. It keeps down arguments. And you don't normally mistreat people who speak to you kindly. A soft answer, the Bible says, turns away wrath. Wouldn't be many arguments in a home where children were raised by a mother like that. She looks well to the ways of her household. And eats not the bread of idleness. What's the result of all? But you get on all this. You know, the thing a mother does, she has a lot of self-sacrifice. From the moment she has the baby and then has to give up sleepless nights to, to rock the baby when it has the colic and when she has to do the clothes. and I mean, she is constantly being demanded by the child to take care of it. And she has to give up a lot for that child. She could be doing a lot of other things she'd rather do, but she has to be self-sacrificial. What does she get out of all this? Well, she gets about three or four roses on Mother's Day. You won't see any flowers up here on Father's Day. Have you ever thought about that? Well, we just don't give dad's flowers. Why not? Well, they won't like them. Well, men grow flowers. You know, why won't they like flowers? Her children rise up. Here's what she gets out of this. Her children rise up and call her blessed. You know, let me close with this. Your children may not be able to rise up and call you beautiful, but that don't make a whole lot of difference. And he talks about this down here in verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. I tell you, I'd rather have a beautiful mother on the inside than one on the outside any day of the world. You know why? The beauty will fade three ways. Through age, and it's going to go. Through sickness, it can go. Through accidents, it can be marred. But the beauty on the inside never can be harmed. It can never be taken away from you. And it's the beauty on the inside, folks, that you have roses up here. Not because you have a lovely complexion. And not because you have no gray hair. And not because you are a beauty queen. The roses are because of what you are on the inside. That's what it is. And he says that's a reward that God has designed for a mother to have who tries to be the kind of mother God wants her to be. She gets what? Her children to rise up and call her blessed. And also her husband to rise up and praise her name.
Now that may not be worth much to you in this day and time in which we live, but according to Scripture, I don't think there's any higher honor that we could pay this morning than those two things. For a husband to speak well of you as a mother and a wife and for your children, wherever they go, to speak well of you. That will last for years on end, even when you're gone. You'll not be forgotten. This little boy won't forget his mother, but sad what he'll remember. But you can be remembered as the rose in the life of your child. And be a thing that God thanks him for giving to you and to us.